Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Happy New Year, and welcome to the first Managed Carecast of 2019. I'm Laura Jost, Associate Editorial Director of the American Journal of Managed Care. And I'm Jamie Rosenberg, Assistant Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. For the last week of 2018, we polled readers on five big news stories from the year in order to gauge which one they thought was the most important, and today we'll be discussing those news stories. The fifth most important news story of the year, as voted on by readers, was that three states voted to expand Medicaid at the ballot box on Election Day. So this is something I reported on as part of a larger story on healthcare-related ballot measures, And voters in Nebraska, Utah, and Idaho all headed to the polls, and they pushed their Medicaid expansion ballot measures over the finish line. Nebraska passed the measure with 53% of the vote, Utah with 54%, and Idaho with 62%. And separately, but also related, Maine elected a new governor. Now, Maine voters had already passed Medicaid expansion previously, but the outgoing governor, Republican Paul LePage, refused to implement it. But with a new governor in place, the program's expansion is expected to finally be implemented. And LePage knew that, so he had submitted a waiver to the federal government to implement work requirements. That waiver was just approved, but some experts now think that the incoming governor can basically ignore it and choose not to implement the work requirements. So, Jamie, you've been tracking Medicaid expansion throughout the year. What have you been seeing? Yeah, so as you mentioned, this year brought a new dimension to Medicaid expansion with the Trump administration allowing states to implement Medicaid work requirements for able-bodied Medicaid recipients. So just a day after the administration issued guidance for these work requirements in January, Kentucky became the first state to get approval for their five-year demonstration product. Since then, the state has had their requirements struck down in court, but then reapproved by CMS. Five other states have gained approval for their programs, and 10 others are pending approval. But even though Kentucky was the first state to get approval from CMS, Arkansas was actually the first state to have their requirements implemented back in June. But after 17,000 recipients lost coverage in 2018 because they failed to comply with their requirements, the state is actually working to simplify the program by allowing recipients to report their hours by telephone because right now they can only report them online. So next year, we're likely to see a handful of other states introduce their own requirements. Coming in at fourth, readers chose the announcement from CMS that Medicare Advantage plans can implement step therapy. But this was controversial, though, right? Absolutely. While CMS had presented this change as a way to lower drug prices, not everyone viewed it positively. The change would allow MA plans to negotiate prices for Part B drugs by creating plans that utilize step therapy, which is when patients have to start on more cost-effective drugs first before moving on to other more expensive drugs, which tend to be the newer, more innovative therapies. CMS explained that the savings would be between 15% and 20% on average, and step therapy could actually be a boon to the biosimilar market because these are often less expensive than the reference drugs. However, some in the healthcare industry call step therapy a fail-first policy. They view this as dangerous to patients with life-threatening diseases, such as cancer. And the Community Oncology Alliance immediately came out against this change. COA's president, Dr. Jeff Vaserka, said, quote, CMS's action is the antithesis of where personalized cancer treatment is going. It's old-school cookbook medicine that treats every patient as one-size-fits-all. It's telling me to effectively sit back and let some middleman make treatment decisions for my patients, end quote. And this wasn't the only policy change that was among the top news stories of the year. 
Next on the list, we had two stories that tied for second. They were both related to the Trump administration trying to undermine the Affordable Care Act since they weren't able to repeal it in Congress last year. So the first story was about the administration finalizing a rule to allow for the sale of short-term health plans. And these plans don't have to conform to the requirements of the Affordable Care Act, so they can be sold cheaper than ACA plans on the insurance marketplace. The administration expanded the duration of these short-term health plans to 12 months with renewals that lasted three years. Previously, the limit for these plans was just three months and was set to prevent customers from winding up with huge medical bills after an unexpected health crisis. So as open enrollment for 2019 began, it became clear that the inclusion of these short-term health plans was going to be confusing for consumers. Researchers from Georgetown University said there was a lack of information in the marketing materials for short-term health plans, but they were being marketed aggressively under the ACA. The authors found that even though plans said they covered pre-existing conditions, they don't cover everything and there were caps on coverage. And the plans don't cover the ACA's 10 essential benefits, which includes maternity and mental health care. And the other news story happens right at the end of the year with a federal judge in Texas ruling that the ACA was unconstitutional now that Congress had passed legislation that removed the individual mandate. It's unclear what effect this ruling might have at this point since it doesn't change anything immediately about health care coverage and HHS issued a statement following the ruling that it considers ACA the law of the land. Democrats already have promised to appeal the ruling, and legal experts and members of Congress expect that the ruling will actually be overturned. And AJMC's co-editors-in-chief actually discussed that ruling in last week's podcast. If listeners want to learn a bit more, Dr. Michael Chernu explained what he knows based on conversations that he's been having with legal scholars. And finally, the top healthcare news of 2018, as voted by AGMC readers, was the CDC's recent report that life expectancy in the United States has dipped yet again. And I was a little excited that readers felt this was the most important story because I also had this as my most important healthcare news story of the year, even if it is a little depressing. So this report came out in November. It found that in 2017, life expectancy for someone born in the United States was 78.6 years which is a slight decline from 78.7 years, but this isn't an isolated incident. This is the second decline in just three years. Life expectancy for females remains higher than it is for males, and for women, life expectancy had stayed the same at 81.1 years, while it had declined for men from 76.2 years to 76.1 years. A second report from the CDC had delved into drug overdose deaths, which have been increasing. The age-adjusted rate of drug overdoses increased from 9.6% from 2016 to 2017, with sharp increases in deaths involving synthetic opioids such as fentanyl. So sorry we don't have a better note to end on, but that was the year in healthcare news for 2018. Thank you for listening. To learn more about these stories, visit AJMC.com or see our show notes. To get in touch with us, you can email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.